Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock I don't know about you, Hammer. I was anticipating an announcement from Congresswoman Sparks. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, that she would say that she's not going to run for that Senate seat that Jim Banks is going after once uh, Mike Braun leaves because he's running for governor of Indiana. I just thought it was going to be, uh, no, I'm sticking with the House. Um, uh, maybe I'll give it another shot. No, Victoria Sparks will not run for any office in 2024, Senate or House. Quote from a statement. Excuse me. Are you okay? A little something in my throat there. Uh, from a statement, quote. A little BA5? <laughs> I think so. Oh, boy. It's been my honor representing Hoosiers in the Indiana State Senate and U.S. Congress, and I appreciate the strong support on the ground. 2024 will mark seven years of holding elected office and over a decade in Republican politics. I won a lot of tough battles for the people and will work hard to win a few more in the next two years. However... Being a working mom is tough, and I need to spend more time Mm -hmm. with my two high school girls back home, and I will not run for any office in 2024. Just think of all she's accomplished since she immigrated here from Ukraine in, what, early 2000s? It's it's been like, I mean, you know, she's from the year 2000 to 2023, she's accomplished a ton, as she said in that statement. Being an immigrant to, uh, to, to being one of the most powerful people in the country. Um, and I mean, she's look. Sparks has a national profile. She's on cable news all the time, and especially for her perspective in that war in Ukraine. And it's easy to go on cable news and be a paid correspondent uh, with a camera in your basement. But if you're in, telling in, me that it's about the family, okay, I have no reason not to believe you. But I wonder if she were polling to beat Jim Banks in that Senate race. Would she all of a sudden be like, well, my family needs me. I'm bowing out. I think the writing's on the wall. She knew Jim Banks would roll even if she ran. And let's be honest, that interview she did on Tony Katz a couple days ago did not do her any favors where she basically came out and carried the water for Swalwell to keep his spot on the Intel committee and and Schiff and Ilhan Omar on foreign affairs and that was a disaster. And then the next day, I don't know what type of phone calls came in or who spoke to her, or maybe she just had this come to Jesus moment. Magically, she pulled a 180 and walked a lot of it back. And now we find out she's not running for anything. But if it was just Banks and the polling numbers and the writing was on the wall that Banks is probably, that was his seat to lose. You, If that was it, you would have just said, eh, I'm not going to run for Senate. I'll see you. I'll see you in the House in 2024 for that election. But no, she's not going either. She wants to spend more time with the family. Quite frankly, she'd probably make a lot more being uh, a talking head on cable news. So I do think it's impressive, man, being an immigrant, 2000. She got here, and then all of a sudden she's, you know, in Congress. Pretty pretty cool. It's just weird to me, though, like the whole timing of it. You never know what's going on in somebody's private life, and if something is, I hope everything's great. 
but you've gone from I have an exploratory committee for Senate to screw it all in just, you know, <laughs> a couple of months here, really. That's a pretty big leap from I'm thinking about advancing my career to the Senate to I hate all of you people, screw you, I'm out. <laughs> you might be putting a few extra words in her mouth. I'm paraphrasing. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, has anybody seen the Chinese spy balloon? Like, have you looked up at the sky? I have was you... looking earlier. I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't see it. Last I heard, it was uh, uh, over Claremont. <laughs> People were uh, trying to shoot it down with a BB gun. No, I'm just kidding. Last I heard, it was like over Montana or somewhere like that. Well, it was it? over Montana, and now it's been spotted over Kansas City, Missouri. It's making its way across the country, and we're not doing anything about it. Like, the Chinese have a some sort of spy balloon. We know what it is. We've identified what it is, and everybody's throwing up their hands. Well, it's a balloon. What can you do? I mean, I'd, 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 shoot the damn thing down. I'd love it if they zoomed in and it was Hunter Biden with a crack pipe hanging out of his mouth just waving at everybody. That's <laughs> 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 uh, just me here. It's Hunter. Where's Hunter? He's up in the Chinese spy balloon. One of the favorite things I've seen on Twitter is that it's Fang Fang trying to win back the love of Eric Swalwell. You know, Valentine's Day right around the corner, and maybe Fang Fang's trying to get back with her old side piece here. Uh -huh. So China says it's a mistake. The Pentagon says this is intentional. I say blow the effort up. Right. <laughs> We're booger and revenge of the yeah. nerds at this point. I say we blow the bleepers up. Here is a Pentagon spokesman, Pat Ryder. Clearly, as we assess options... Um, and considering the, the size of the payload on this, uh, looking at the potential for debris uh, and the impact on civilians on the ground or property damage, again, uh, running through the, the various factors and looking at uh, in terms of does it pose a potential risk uh, to people while in the air? And right now, as I mentioned, we, we assess that it does not pose a risk to people on the ground as it currently is traversing the continental United States. And so out of an abundance of caution, uh, cognizant of the potential impact to civilians on the ground uh, from a debris field, uh, right now we're going to continue to monitor and review options. Okay, so it's not a danger. It's, you know, if they blow it out of the sky, it's a danger to people on the ground, immediate danger. But what about the danger that comes from the information the Chinese are getting off these spike, off these cameras over our, uh, over our missile silos? Right. Is that more of a concern? Don't you have missiles? Don't you have technology that would completely obliterate it so there's really no debris whatsoever? Just and what if this were some sort of, like, kamikaze jet? You're going to tell me that you couldn't blow that out of the sky? Well... There might be some shrapnel that falls to the ground. We're just going to have to let it crash and send, kill people. Send another hot air balloon up there and, you know, stick it with a giant needle or something like that. So it just kind of, it's, it's a slow <laughs> balloon war. Right. Next on Spike TV. Uh, so for those of you scoring at home, remember when the Biden administration came into office? The adults are back in charge. Yeah. And now, it was a Chinese balloon. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> Uh, on the YouTube chat, by the Happy way, Camper writes, if that thing flies over Beach Grove, it's coming down. <laughs> uh, and Secretary Blinken, by the way, scheduled to go meet with uh, Xi Jinping, the uh, president of China, canceled the trip. 
over the uh, the quote brazen spy balloon. Oh, that'll show them. As that the, as the as the Pentagon put that'll it. That'll show the Chinese. Oh no, we don't have to talk to this nerd, but our balloon can stay up. <laughs> you got us that time. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? There's probably places they could have shot this thing down that wouldn't have the potential to injure anybody anybody on the ground. If you look at the trajectory of where this thing came from, plenty of sparse uh, population below that thing that they could have. Again, at least put some sort of uh, hole in it or something, so it, it would slowly just come to the ground. Don't just shrug your shoulders. Like eh. the Chinese have looked at this, they see what's going on at our border, they see what's happening with this balloon, and they're laughing. They are laughing in our faces right now. There's nothing we can do about a balloon. Uh, job numbers are in good numbers, great numbers, mm. but. Do you buy it? Because the market is not buying it, and they're not the only ones. Uh, so here are the numbers. 517,000 new net jobs added in January. That was substantially up compared to the estimate of 188,000. Now, you can look at this one of two ways, Nige. Oh, my God. Joe Biden is a job-creating machine. We take back all the Brandon jokes. Or who the hell is that bad at giving the estimate? How do you miss from mm -hmm. 517,000 to 188,000? That's a pretty big miss right there. Well, I was listening to uh, Tony Katz earlier. He had Dr. Matt Will, the economist uh, you have I on. And, I mean, he was explaining, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically saying, you know, 300,000 more jobs than expected. That's a good thing, Tony, Tony was asking, right? And, he, and Dr. Will's like, look, those additional jobs are good, but not good for the right reasons. And I'm paraphrasing here. Good for the right reasons would be, we have a huge need for jobs because the economy is growing rapidly. It's expanding, but the economy is not growing. It's not expanding rapidly, and people are, are more in need of jobs. And the Fed isn't going – they're not going to cut rates. They're going to keep no. raising them so the labor market will continue to contract. And then, it is, and then how are you going to explain that one, Joe Biden? So the stock market was – down yeah what does that say after this report fed uh, fe the feds raised the rates again and the stock market went down and then you <laughs> still have the inflation above the wages well, sure and joe biden was asked about the inflation today listen to this lineup crap take any blame for inflation you're just president i take any blame for inflation no why not because it was already there when i got here man remember what the economy was like when i got here it was already like that when i got here man so let me do my narrator voice. But the economy was not like that. <laughs> Inflation was just 1.4% when Joe Biden took office. And now you're paying 60% more for eggs. <laughs> Matt Baer is in the WIBC Traffic Center. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. 
Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Hello. Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer, also joining us live in studio. Uh, a man who is our, uh, who has made me puke live on the air before. One of only two times I've ever puked on the air. He is the reason for one of them. It's Matt Bear. <laughs> Hello. Our traffic guy. It's going to be on my tombstone. Made Nigel puke. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bear <laughs> making people puke since 2022. Not only does he do traffic. <laughs> and it, was, it was because of that thing you're holding in your hand right there. Yeah. And for With those the, who can't see, it's not uh, what you think it is. <laughs> Pull your pants back up, please, Matt. Wait a minute. It's a vape. Uh, it's a vape yeah, cartridge. The, uh, vape pen. <laughs> to clarify. Oh, oh man, I'll never too. forget that. Oh, I don't know how you. I just. I, I sucked on that thing and just. I couldn't breathe. I feel so minutes. uncomfortable right now. Like <laughs> normally, I'm the one leading these uncomfortable conversations, but I feel like I should almost turn my I'm mic off and walk out of studio. Put your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about his vape pen. I've never tried to yeah. vape before, and. I tried it on air and it didn't go so well. If you're not a smoker, it's, it's not going to work with yeah. you because there's nicotine in there. It will give you a light. But you're not like a, you don't consider yourself a quote unquote smoker, do you? In the you're tradition? more of a midnight toker. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> some people call me a space cowboy. In fact. Um, <laughs> is that what they call it? Smoking a vape? I mean, is that what they call it? Like, it's called hitting the vape. Hitting the vape. Hitting okay. the vape. All right, well. Nigel's everybody's dad. Are you smoking the vape? <laughs> It's smoking the doobie vape. Now is that, that drugs? <laughs> this D- is just do you a- have doobies in your drawer? <laughs> Son? I learned it by watching you, Dad. This is your brain on drugs. <laughs> the great thing about that old commercial is the eggs in the skillet right now. The eggs are more expensive than the drugs. <laughs> there you go. This is your brain. This yeah. is your brain on drugs. Well, get the damn eggs out of the skillet. <laughs> I saw one. It showed a guy who was really serious. He was wearing a striped shirt, looking really mad at his uh, friend. And it said, um, Terry smoked Terry smoked marijuana this Thanksgiving and sent him into a murderous rage. He killed his friend. Don't be like Terry. I'm like, oh, jeez. Wow. No idea. Good lord. Yeah, it's like uh, that's that that was pretty heavy-handed I thought even for the 70s, but uh yeah, I got the point across. <laughs> so I got a couple stories here that I thought these have Matt Bear written all over. So the first one's kind of in your wheelhouse here. There's a new study that says sitting in traffic for just 2 hours can lead to brain damage. Now, the rationale behind this is that common levels of air pollution emitted by cars can disrupt normal brain function. And after 120 minutes, per this Canadian study, volunteers had impaired cognitive skills compared to brain damage. So climate change is making us all dumber now. Is that what it is? (laughs) (laughs) I I think the moral of the story is don't inhale exhaust anymore <laughs> you have to um, hold on let me write this down yeah, yeah. that is great yeah, advice. Advice. Notes right piece of paper now, here I, I am useful today <laughs> don't inhale the exhaust no I, I think what they're saying is you don't roll down your windows when you're stuck behind a dump truck i i i think it's that could be good advice. policy yeah you know it's it's not bad but 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 think about what they're saying here they did a study to do this to come up with the fact that if you breathe in exhaust it might hurt your brain and therefore you say, yeah, yeah, we probably kind of figured that out already. So on the subject of getting behind trucks, 
Um, my son's 18. He drives. Every once in a while, I'll just get in and ride shotgun. Maybe I've had a few beverages. Don't worry about it. But I make him drive, and he's very cautious. Very he's responsible. A great driver. You know, does everything right. If anything, it goes too slow. Got stuck behind a manure truck the other day, oh, no. and just stayed behind it. And eventually, I had to give the kid a lesson. You got to get around the poop truck. <laughs> Biff Tannen. <laughs> right. We're not getting Biff Tannen here. I need you to make a pass and get around the poop truck. I do the same thing with garbage trucks. I never follow a garbage truck. I just don't. Uh, I, the, the smell is overwhelming. But uh, the, the manure won't give you brain damage. That's the good thing. It, it's just disgusting. Um, it, and, and the brain damage effects are only going to be temporary unless you, like, sit there for two or three hours. So it, it's a study. Don't don't inhale exhaust and, and, and don't follow a manure truck. That's my life. You know what I? I do sometimes that I've been uh, told that I should not do and that's wrong to do and it's dangerous to do um, is that I warm my car up in my garage with the door open with the with the garage door open how very joe biden of you <laughs> any classified documents in there too nice and he's more into classified documents in the fire pit. but I, I recently i, I recently <laughs> i saw that uh uh that that's bet you shouldn't be warming your car up anywhere near your house it needs to be outside completely and not even in the garage if the door is open even if you have a door open or the windows open or whatever no 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 so what's the philosophy still do on that? I mean, is the car maybe it just seeps. The, maybe it'll just maybe the CO like seeps into the house. That's oh. not not good for you. I don't know. So if I pass gas in your garage, <laughs> you're telling me that people are going to be able to smell it in, in the other room? Yep. I don't know about that. <laughs> the after effects to the entire family could be dead. All right. This other story, Matt Bear from TMZ, Instagram mm. model says one of her 38J breasts exploded. I'm sorry? You have my attention. 38J <laughs> breast implants, and they exploded. So my question to you, is that too big? <laughs> I don't know how big 38J. 38- I mean, that that's a big... I'm thinking about like trying Boobie. to check out a watermelon at the U scan at the at the Meyer or something like that. I, I mean, that's gotta hurt when those things oh, explode, oh, right? Good God, yeah. Nigel's looking I'm, at it now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Those are uh, like, that's not. Yeah. Look at that, Matt. Yeah. Take a good walk over there and get a good look at Nigel's computer because it's already got tons of stuff. Yeah, on it anyway. one is deflated for sure. I mean, it looks like uh, she kind of looks like Total Recall Quaid when Quaid's coming out of the stomach there. Start the <laughs> reactor free Mars, that kind of thing. I mean, because one's deflated. I mean, those, yeah, I would say those are way too big. I, I don't know, I mean, to each their own, but why would you want that? Why would you want 38J? Like, who looks at Dolly Parton and thinks, well, yeah, somebody's be a better of the itty-bitty little, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the rest. Chick's name is Mary Magdalene. There's nothing sacrilegious about no, that. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Instagram model. That's like being, you know, summer school valedictorian. Anybody can call themselves a model on Instagram, right? Hell, I, I'm an Instagram eight, and I'm fat. <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture, and they're doing the whole thing with the, with the really big lips, you know, doing the Kylie Jenner lips and, and making them big by inflating them with this plastic is, surgery. This and is I, cartoonish. I think, yeah, it is. That's, right. That's what I'm thinking right now, looking at it. Cartoonish. It can incredibly. So what is coming up this weekend for you, Matt? Uh, this weekend is I'm going to keep an eye on the North Split because that did reopen and we're waiting on 65. That's happening at the end of April. We're always putting out our, our videos at Matt and Traffic, trying to keep things up with the traffic community. You can follow us there. And uh, we do do a little Instagram right now as well. So uh, outside of that, I mean, I'm excited. I have nothing to do tonight. I mean, it's glorious. It's a beautiful day. It's Indianapolis. My life couldn't be better, man. You're the best. Matt Bear. Hey, buddy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is here. Hello. And here in just a moment, you will hear from the latest man to declare his candidacy to run for the mayor of Indianapolis. Abdul is in studio. And here's how you can chime in. If you have a question about the issues, his candidacy, anything that on his Twitter feed in the past, because apparently that's a thing, call right now. We'll get your question on the air. 239-9393. If you have a question, concern about Abdul and his run to be the mayor of Indy, we want to hear from you right now. 239-9393. So, so the wife said yes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the wife said the wife gave you permission there? Uh, yes, she did. Okay. Actually, she did. She did not give me permission to run for mayor of Indianapolis. She gave me permission to run for Hill Valley, California mayor. <laughs> oh, Hill following Valley. in the footsteps of the great Goldie Wilson, if I'm That's not right. mistaken. I could be mayor, a colored mayor. That'll be the day. I like the sound of that. That's right. I'm going to clean up this town. Well, here, you can start with this brew and get to work. Uh, I'm sore at you. I thought you were going to announce on our show. Oh, I promise, Rob. You traitor. You you promised us. You said you were going to announce that you were running for mayor on our oh, show. Oh, a politician broke a promise. <laughs> that <was> great. <laughs> See, this is where I'm going to start the negative campaign ad. It took one day for Abdul to break a promise. <laughs> we're not saying he'll eat your puppies, but can you afford to take that chance? <laughs> but technically, you didn't break it on Rob's show because you put it on your social media beforehand, right? Of course. you got to take care of me first. Me okay. How, how long have we known each other? <laughs> a long, long time, man. So, Give me the elevator speech. Why are you running for mayor? Three reasons. Public safety, public works, and public trust. Uh, Indianapolis has a crime issue, and I think we can be tough on crime, but we can also be smart on crime. We have a road issue and a road funding issue that I think can take some creativity, but I think we can get it done. And we have a public trust issue. where People just don't trust uh, local government to to do what they're supposed to do. And so I think by having the right person in charge uh, and basically saying, I think Joe's a nice guy, but I think uh, the, the current administration has served their term. And, and, and it's time for change. And I think we can be that change. So the crime issue, is that number one? Uh, crime and roads. It depends on which township you're in, to be honest with you. Because we did some polling to see what the what the big issues were. We broke them down by township. And in some townships, crime is a big issue. In other townships, roads are the big issue. One of the things that I think people are going to wonder is, is a guy like you, Mr. Sophistication, Mr. Nicky Blaine's, Mr. Cigars, are you going to go knocking on doors over at 42nd and Post? No. Uh, people who do that. Okay, but you're not physically going to do it. Well, I'll do so. I'll do some of that. Uh, but as a candidate, uh, you have to have the organization. You have to have the structure. And I believe, firmly believe, a politician showed up on your door like, "Hey, vote for me." Like, who the hell are you? But your next door neighbor showed up at your door like, "Hey, Jason, blah blah." Oh, really like this dual guy. You should take a listen to him. That that'll get you a lot further than just some politician showing up at your door. Hey, vote for me. Who are the um, Who are these other jokers in the GOP that are uh, trying to uh, get that nomination? Uh, Pastor James Jackson, uh, who's a pastor on the over. Oh, I feel bad for calling a joker now. I apologize. Have fun in hell, Nigel. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to call a pastor a joker. <laughs> uh, a gentleman by the name of John Couch, uh, who has some legal issues with Carly Macer, the Democratic the Democratic state rep over in uh, Wayne Township, and uh, just today uh, filed was uh, Jefferson Shreve. Jefferson is a former uh, city county councilor, uh, Perry Township, uh, good guy. We we spoke uh, Wednesday. He told me he was thinking about uh, filing, so he gave me a uh, courtesy uh, uh, nudge. Uh, so those—that's the Republican side. Democratic side. Wow. It's, Democratic side. It's Joe Hogshead, Robin Shackelford, Greg Merriweather, uh, Chris Margiolo. 
Larry Vaughn, Bob Kern. I mean, who isn't running for mayor on the Democratic side? Take a step forward. That's how we do that. And again, if anybody wants to come on this show, if you've officially filed, we'll talk to you. Well, I mean, Abdul's on, but, you know, this is Abdul's Friday spot. This existed long before you announced you were running for mayor. But to be fair and transparent, if anybody that is running officially with paperwork filed for the mayor of Indianapolis, we'll get you on the show. And Joe Hawk said, we've been begging you to come on the show for a while. If it makes you feel better, we got a fully stocked bar in the back. What's holding (laughs) you back, big fella? Let's go. You want to take some calls, Abdul? Sure. All right. So we're going to open up the phones here. And all I ask is when we come to you, don't give us a monologue. Don't pull an Acosta and speak for five minutes and then say something so we can get as many calls as possible. Be quick to the point. And we're going to start with Kevin on line three. Kevin, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. we got Abdul here. Go ahead. Hey, Abdul. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Last time I took a uh, new job, I had to take a drug test. Does the indie mayor have to? No, 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 no. Nope. Okay. I mean, I guess you probably could look at the incumbent and say that you know, those rules seem pretty laxed. I don't know. Just from hearsay, allegedly. Uh, let me go to John. John, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. We have Abdul with us. Hey, Abdul, what is your plan to work with the local utility companies such as AES and Duke Energy and Citizens to uh, help uh, rebuild some of the substations and some of the maybe local uh, gas pipelines to help the citizens of uh, Indianapolis get efficient energy and that? Uh, That's the first time I've ever had that question brought to me. Uh, By the way, you can email me at info at at abdul4indy.com. If you could email me your question. That'd be great. We'll take a look at it and get back to you. Abdul 4 Indians, number 4.com. So there are going to be things that you haven't addressed yet. Yeah. Like, that was a great example right there. Is it wrong to expect you to have all the answers right now, two no. days into your candidacy? Uh, I would say, yes, it would be wrong. Uh, because obviously, like I said, public safety, public works, public trust are our big three issues. But anything we can sort of fit into that umbrella uh, of issues. And obviously, there's going to be some things like, hey, you know what? I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that, or that's a good idea, or maybe we can improve on this a little bit. Uh, Anybody who tells you that they know everything is lying to you, number one. Uh, And even those of us who do everything still don't know everything. So uh, working with AES, working with with IPL, working with utility companies, always willing to do to to get Hoosiers and get citizens of Indianapolis the energy they need and in a safe and efficient, environmentally safe manner that they need. Carlos on the YouTube chat asks this. As mayor... What will Abdul do for the price of cigars, martinis, and comic books? <laughs> Continue to consume them and make sure the prices go up. If, you know, the stars are aligned, Abdul, and you get on a debate stage with the incumbent, with Joe Hogsett, can you commit on this program that you will ask the two questions that people seem to be afraid to ask in this city? Where were you at during the riots, and can you prove it? I would say every question... Every, every normal legitimate question that goes to the function of working of the city and why things happen is fair game. Okay. So, yeah, I'm taking that as ask, a yes. I don't think you can ask direct questions to each other, right? No, you, but you, you can you, still bring it up. You can bring it up in yeah. your answer, though. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and that's a fair question, which I will bring up in, in my own unique Abdul sort of way. But usually most debates, you can't, answer, 
you don't they don't allow the candidates to answer questions to right you. right but we've seen this a million times somebody gets asked a question you deflect but as long as it gets brought up to his face that's more than so many of these butt sniffers abdul <laughs> the people you call friends that don't want to ask the mayor that simple question if this were any other major city that would be asked over and over again but the people around here they're almost like the dean in the movie back to school works for me okay well come on do your job let me go to jeff jeff welcome to the hammer and nigel show yeah abdul thanks for taking my call um I just have a question about our roads. I feel like I need to buy a, a military Hummer to drive around anymore. It, when becoming mayor, would you would that be one of your priorities to get uh, some of our roads uh, repaired? What? I know 71st Street between Keystone and uh, Allisonville is uh, pretty disastrous right now. There, there's a pothole over on the east side of town. It is 16 feet wide and one foot deep. I it saw is, that. It's right saw in the entrance. Of somebody's business place, and when the guy said he called the city to, to get them to, to 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 fix it, the city said, "Well, you're not on the main street, so you got to wait." I was like, "Seriously, you got to wait for a 16 foot pothole that's a foot deep? Come on, it's dangerous." Yeah. My thing is, when you're driving to work, you should not be playing moon buggy. Right. It's, it's right. It's, it's it's that simple. And if you think about it, the 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 the, the potholes in the streets are actually even worse for for low income people who drive used cars because if you're driving, you had a pothole, your axle breaks. You got to get that fixed. You don't have the money to get that fixed. You got to take off work to try to get it fixed. And so when we talk yeah. about you know sort of this whole social justice equity thing, what good is it if people if roads aren't if roads aren't paved and streets aren't safe? Now, with that said, one of the things I looked at uh, creating, and we got to still working out the details, is a road tip district. So in other words, you take a penny from the sales tax on gasoline, and you basically draw draw miles draw a mile square around that gas station, use money from that gas station specifically, you know, fix the streets. Pats, 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 pats the roads up with asphalt and, and improve the sidewalks. And I think that is a, and that way people can know where their money is going, particularly the people who live in those neighborhoods and use those gas stations every single day. We got to take a break. Can you stick around? Sure. All right. Because when we come back, we got a few more questions that we want to get to from some callers. Yeah, if you're on hold, don't go anywhere. We'll get to you. And, and while, you're, while you're on hold, you may want to check out abdulforindy.com, number four. What's that website again? Abdulforindy.com. <laughs> I also want to get your thoughts on how a Republican can win in Marion County. What's your strategy for that? All of this is coming up right after this. 22 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Nigel is here. Abdul Hakim Shabazz, a man of many hats and trying to add mayor of Indianapolis to that list in studio with us. So, Abdul, we saw in recent elections prosecutors race that it's hard for a Republican to win in Marion County. Even if you're well-funded, even if you have a good campaign, it's really hard. There's like a 60 to 40 Democrat to Republican ratio. How do you win people over? Uh, You win people over a a couple different ways. Uh, Number one, you have to encourage people to split their ticket because Marion County has so many straight ticket voters, uh, a lot more Democrat than, than Republican voters. How to do that? Uh, me and my team were working on some ways, some creative ways to do that. We're not ready to discuss right here now, but you got to break the straight ticket voting. Number one, number two, the fundamentals are right for new leadership here in Indianapolis. It almost kind of reminds me of 2007 all, all over again. You got the crime issue. You got the property taxes that are about to, the bills are about to, to come due. You've got only 33 percent of voters thinking that Joe Hogg said should get a third term uh, in office. That number has been pretty con- consistent for like the past uh, six months. Uh, you got only 27% of voters thinking the city's going to head in the right uh, direction. And only 40% of Democrats say they would vote for Joe Hogsett 
in a primary. Another 45% said they aren't, they aren't sure. You, you tell they're on the crime, they're on the property taxes, they're on those fundamentals I just mentioned, and you, you try to break the straight ticket voting pattern, that's the way for Republicans can win. Now, how do you do that? You appeal to older voters, to independent voters, uh, moderate Democratic voters who aren't happy with the city. What, what did you think of the uh, Democrat response, Indi- Indianapolis Democrats, quick to respond to your announcement today? They, they wrote a pretty kind of, you know, I, I mean, you know, the response was, you know, this is typical stuff. He's not a serious guy. Well, well first of but, all, you know, I, I, politic- I, have, I have to say this. I'm flattered that my Democratic friends think I'm that much of a threat that the day I announced that they actually put out the, 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 the attack uh, news release. Yeah. Which tells me they've been working on that for a while. <laughs> Because to go find a tweet from like 2012, you know, 11 years ago, you got to have somebody looking for that stuff. Right. Now, I, I loved how they they tried to go after you in that press conference, and, and you're just like, do you apologize for those tweets? You're like, no, no. Don't apologize Care? to anybody for anything, yeah, Abdul. Do not apologize. There, there's only one person I have to apologize to. And that's my wife. <laughs> Let me go to Chris. He's been waiting patiently. Chris, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Abdul's here. Hey, Abdul. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, two quick questions. Um, what is the tax rate you're looking at thinking about hiring, hire, hiring and how they're going to affect local communities, uh, neighboring counties? And can you look into doing away with the Lucas Oil tax? That's, I mean, half of us can't even afford to go, so why should we pay for it? Well, Lucas Oil tax, that is a, that is a uh, state tax. So, that unfortunately, that, that's out of my control. What was your first question again? Um, what kind of uh, tax increase are you looking at doing, and how's that going to affect the neighboring counties? Tax increase for I think you I think you meant the roads and the the gas tax thing. Well, if we talk about the roads, it would basically it would take a penny from the, the sales tax or the gasoline tax on gasoline. What I like to do what I like to do is avoid tax increase altogether and go to the legislature like, hey guys, we need to we need to hold back a little bit extra of our money here in Indianapolis because Indianapolis is the capital city. We got to take care of the roads, the bridges, the infrastructure, the whole nine yards. Worst case scenario, we go to a referendum and let the voters decide. Is this something you guys want to do? So there's no plan for you going in to say, we have to raise taxes because of this, this, or this. Right. Okay. Uh, Let's get, um, well, we had one more hang up. Let's just take it live. Let's take line number one. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, We got Abdul here. What's your name? And go ahead. My name's Kathy. Go ahead, Kathy. Okay, number one, tell Abdul to slow down with his talking. (laughs) And I I can't get it all in at once, number one. And number two, I'm so glad he's running. I hope he does justice to this city. And I guess there is a third thing. I know where Hogsett's been. Well, I think there's a lot of rumors where he's been. Well, well, I know where he's been because uh, I have someone who delivers pizzas to him on a regular basis. And he's drunk all the damn time. And that's okay. All I say. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Uh, that was productive. <laughs> She's wishing you well, Abdul. Yeah, yeah. there's your voter. Uh, <laughs> I, try to, I try to comment what people do personalized behind closed doors. And I'm not going to sit here and say that she's wrong either. <laughs> I mean, we've all heard the stories. And Let's stop been, ignoring the elephant <laughs> in the room. And we've all been drunk when we answered the door and had a pizza delivered, please. Right. Did that this past weekend. <laughs> um, all right. We got time for one more. Let's just take it live. Line number two. Hello, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What's your name? And go ahead. Uh, Janet, love to ask a question to Mr. Abdul. Go yes, ahead. Ma'am. Oh, wow. Sir, I hope there's a way people can contact you other than Facebook. And sometimes when people run for office, they just disappear and you have no input. I feel that certain groups have disproportionate influence in Indianapolis to push all these red lines, blue lines, orange lines. We're being wiped out by property taxes. 
there has to be some sort of control on spending. I'm not saying no spending increases, but the average citizen has no input. Well, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, it's really easy to do. Just info at abdulforindy.com. Just go to my website, and there's a link where you can email me, and I try to respond to every email within a, within, uh, within a week or so. Now, slow down. Say that slowly <laughs> because you've been told you talk too fast. What's the website and email address again? Abdulforindy.com. And the, the website? website? Is abdulforindy.com. Email? Yeah. Abdulforindy.com, number four, with an info and an at sign in front of She it. is right. If Facebook comments, you leave a question, they seems like they get lost a yeah. lot of times. Not you specifically, I, just in general. I, I will respond to a Facebook question if somebody privately messages me. I will not okay. get all, like, hey, I'll yeah. answer your question privately, but I'm not going to answer it in the, public, in the public square. Well, Abdul, best of luck, man. Go, uh, go fight the fight. Um, listen, we all know it's an uphill battle in Marion County, but... Go do your thing, man. And there's a lot of people that would be more than happy to say goodbye to the incumbent. Well, you can say goodbye to the incumbent, but also would help if you donate, too. So, abdulforindy.com, there's a donate button on there, too, that you can donate money. So, there we go. If I give you cash right now, does it go to your campaign or will it go to some stripper's panties? Well, just want you to hand it to me and find out. <laughs> Abdul, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. It's not the first time that uh, China has released, released spy balloons over American territories. They did it in Hawaii. It happened in Guam. And I think what's happening now is that now they're just trying to test the limits here. Uh, my name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken postponing a, a pretty high-profile planned uh, diplomatic visit to China uh, because of this Chinese spy weather balloon that has uh, entered American airspace. And it's again, it's not unprecedented. It's happened before in recent years over Hawaii and Guam. But now we have a dedicated camera on it. Fox News has a dedicated camera tracking the Chinese spy balloon as it makes its way across the country. And I can't stress this enough spying on us it's a chinese spy balloon now, now hold on we're just letting it go hammer i don't know if you're aware of this but china released an official statement saying it's a civilian airship used for research mainly meteorological uh, purposes affected by the westerlies and with limited self-steering capability the airship deviated far from its planned course i'm gonna raise my hand because i have a question yes yes go ahead so you're telling me this had absolutely nothing to do with Montana being home to one of America's three nuclear missile silo fields? <laughs> oh, oh, there's that. Okay, okay. They don't. Here's the thing, China. They don't 
I think it, they absolutely did it on purpose, obviously. They don't have control of it now, but they had control of it when it started and where it went. Right. So I, I just think the United States is maybe waiting for it to either land or or some way to get its hands on it to inspect it. So that's why they don't want to shoot it down. I think, you know, some people say they should shoot it down. I think they need to get their hands on it and see exactly what's going on and see if there's any information they can glean from the technology that uh, that happens to be there. So this bad boy apparently went across the ocean, kind of hovered over Montana. Like it just magically mm. goes across the ocean and it finds one of three nuclear missile silos uh, that this country ow, that's has. that's a coincidence. And now it's making its <laughs> way across the rest of the country. No, I, I disagree. Shoot this thing down. Shoot it down, so? and if you can find some way to, you know, catch it or rescue it when it comes down, then do that. Yep, yep. But, but but see, that's why I was bringing up Hawaii and Guam over the past few years because they are testing the waters. They're testing us. It's a test, and they're winning it's, the they're, test. They're 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 they're, they're you know tiptoeing on on how much you know tiptoeing to that line to see how much we'll tolerate, and apparently we tolerated an awful lot. I mean. We're basically just putting out there a message to the rest of the world. Hey, if you've got a spy balloon, <laughs> you got a couple things you can do here. One, you can fly it across. We're just going to let it go. Number two, you can walk it across the southern border. There's a couple <laughs> ways to get your balloon here. But uh, if you bring it across, we might not have a meeting. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that. Donald Trump put on Truth Social earlier today, quote, shoot it down <laughs> uh, calling for the united states to shoot down the chinese spy balloon here is the pentagon spokesman pat Ryder on why that's not happening clearly as we assess options um, and considering the the size of the payload on this uh, looking at the potential for debris uh, and the impact on civilians on the ground or property damage Again, uh, running through the, the various factors and looking at uh, in terms of does it pose a potential risk uh, to people while in the air. And right now, as I mentioned, we, we assess that it does not pose a risk to people on the ground as it currently is traversing the continental United States. And so out of an abundance of caution, uh, cognizant of the potential impact to civilians on the ground uh, from a debris field, uh, right now, we're going to continue to monitor and review options. This is just a big test. You're absolutely right, Nige. This is a test to yeah. see what they can get away with. And apparently, they can get away with quite a bit. Because at first, it was just Hawaii and Guam. And now it's just floating freely across the Midwest. I don't. So is that a real uh, tracker? Yes. Tracker it's on the, that? Because, because the, they wouldn't tell us where it was at. Or the, what, that spokesman or Blinken or whatever, whoever was giving the statement earlier, Ryder. Was that, um, Ryder wouldn't say exactly where the balloon was at. But there's, you're telling me there's cameras on it right now? So earlier, it had made its way to Kansas City, Missouri. It had went from Montana, kind of making its way across Kansas City, Missouri. Now, I'm just telling you, if it follows that track of 70 and it crumbs across Indianapolis... We're going to shoot that damn thing down. <laughs> the, Who's we? The city of Indianapolis. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, we're not afraid of shooting things around here. Did you see the homicide numbers in January? 
If that thing comes across, it ain't surviving the west side. It ain't coming through downtown. And if for whatever reason those two miss, I promise you, my homies in Beach Grove will bring that bad boy down. I swear, this country is so concerned. It's more concerned with borders in Ukraine than it is our southern border. And it apparently is our northern border where this came into. Uh, I just, it's, it's mind-boggling, really. I'm glad you bring up border because there is a Chinese tie-in to the border. Bill Malugin, he's the border reporter for Fox News. He does a great job. I love his work. Uh, he's always able to get amazing video coverage and share that with everybody. He put out a tweet with a video that was kind of interesting, I thought. Quote, we witnessed three Chinese nationals cross illegally into Mission, Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley while we were there wow. with Texas DPS troopers. These Chinese migrants said they paid $35,000 each to smugglers to cross into the U.S. on rafts. Smugglers typically charge Chinese a much higher rate. So, listen, I don't know if these folks that got, you know, picked up at the border were spies or espionage experts but the fact that it's that easy to come into our country and it's apparently this easy to put a spy balloon in our country well at least we know who these people are and they have been fingerprinted and tracked i don't know if they've just let them into the country now but at least they're not the quote-unquote 1.2 million uh uh gotaways but we don't know that who the gotaways are maybe exactly some of them that's what i'm saying um, this was a tweet from the Border Patrol Union, quote, China is watching our border more closely than the Biden administration. <laughs> that's, True. Uh, truth, that's truth bomb. A lot going on there. Uh, locally, the IMPD is encouraging local businesses in Marion County to join this security camera network, this system, to help fight against crime. Local businesses can take advantage of this one-time $2,500 grant to join the B-Link camera network that's helping the police department. This is the same type of camera that businesses use that helps bring resolution to the canal shooting. Uh, this is IMPD's Chief of Investigations, Kendale Adams. Both public safety, B-Link, and community co cooperation led to the apprehension of suspects that we believe were responsible for shooting four people on the canal. The grant money would cover the installation and the management costs of putting up these cameras. So if they're going to pay for it, if you're a business owner, go ahead and take them up on it. Let them put up the cameras. Um, the more cameras right now, the better. Let's find some of these people so we can lock them up for 24 hours and they can get back out the next day. <laughs> Matt Bear, what's going on? It's... it's Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break them down. You tell us if these stories are anything or not. A woman is being accused of going to a Nebraska Burger King multiple times and stealing a couple different items from the bathroom. Those items, toilet paper and pipes. <laughs> Employees at the Burger King said she was hiding the pipes in her pants. 
Here's a representative from the Lincoln Police Department breaking down what they know. The Burger King near 60th and Havelock had some issues with a female coming into the store and taking toilet paper from the bathrooms. They had confronted her and told her to stop stealing the toilet paper. After she left, they noticed she had actually taken pipes from the toilet that connected the toilet to the wall. Toilet paper and pipes. (laughs) Sounds like the name of a song from the band Primus. What are your favorite Primus songs? I I like uh, Winona's Big Brown Beaver and Toilet Paper and Pipes. (laughs) Toilet Paper. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) So she's put the pipes in her pants? I don't know. Maybe she's trying to build her own toilet. Like, if you're a dude, maybe you can get away with that. You know, that's not a pipe in my pants. That's (laughs) that's pure me. But if you're a chick, it's more difficult, is it not? Uh, I bet a lot of people were stealing toilet paper during the... uh, Toilet, great toilet paper shortage of 2020. I bet the people that were coming into work were taking some of that stuff home. Did you ever have a problem that you could remember finding toilet paper? No. Uh, I, I was. I, I would. I would go into stores and the shelves would be empty. Um, uh, a couple different places, but then I'd go back the next day and then they were halfway full. Yeah, there were times oh, there when were, the store was empty. Was, yeah, it was harder to find like wipes. Clorox wipes, Lysol oh, yeah. wipes, you know, sanitizer for a little while than it was toilet paper. Yeah. Um, I, I never, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the uh, sanitary wipes in the bathroom. You've mentioned that before. I, I, it wasn't until I had kids that we had to keep them by the, you know, the crib when we changed their diaper. And I thought, right. you know, damn. i'm gonna gonna try putting an extra pack of these next to my toilet Uh this gives me a cleaner refreshing feeling and and i've been doing it for 11 years now since uh, my son turned uh, my firstborn child now these have to be a certain type you can flush right not all of those things that's the thing i hear we buy the Kirkland brand uh, from Costco. Um, we have and- to get an endorsement for you for that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nigel for Kirkland Butt Wipes. <laughs> now, they, now they say, here's the thing. I feel like they they do say flushable wipes, but then like every plumber I've ever met on any message board or social media thing, or any story I've ever read, that even though they're flushable, they're not flushable. You're not supposed to throw them in the toilet. So I just I got a little. We got a trash can in the bathroom, and that's that's where they go. Like I I want to hear the commercial you do for Kirkland's. You know, sometimes after chili and beer night, things get a little out of control. That's when I turn to Kirkland's. When toilet paper isn't enough, I turn to Kirkland's moisture wipes. Next time you're wiping your butt, tell them Big Nige sent you. They have these wipes, and I want to try them out. And they call, and they're basically called something to the effect of butt wipes for men. Because they're extra large. Like these wipes at Kirkland, they're only like as big as your hand or your toilet, like a couple pieces of toilet paper. But they have ones for dudes that are extra large. You know, we need to get in there. As a kid, they would call that husky. Because back in the day, you couldn't call kids fat. Oh, you're husky. Yeah, thanks. I need need husky wipes. I know what that means. Is this anything? While Brian Cranston was being interviewed on yesterday's episode of Hot Ones, which I have no idea what that is. Isn't Hot Ones where they uh, eat the, or they're eating hot wings? Oh, you, you okay. got a Hot Ones expert producing the show today, so. Oh, okay. Is that where we got that's, the famous Paul Rudd, you know, hey, look at us from? Yep, that's exactly it. Okay, so this so is they, like they a show. sit there and eat hot wings, and the stick is 
they try to have a conversation while they're they're eating these really hot wings. Is yeah, that, is that the, the ten kind of wings? The, first one's the the easy, you know, table side hot sauce. Tenth one is it's called the last dab. It's this pepper Ooh. that isn't even on market yet. Super spicy, supposed to absolutely obliterate you. God, they're making me hungry, actually. Right. All right. Give now I want to go watch Hot Ones. Um, Cranston was doing an interview with Hot Ones, and he stated that what the Breaking Bad blue meth was really made of on the show, oh. and how he and Aaron Paul snacked on it one time during a 16-hour <laughs> shoot. TV methamphetamine, the way we made it with a little blue tint, is actually rock candy. And the flavor was cotton candy. Mm. We were working it was our lab down there. And I see Aaron Paul reach into our product, throw on the methamphetamine in his mouth. I go, you can't eat the product. He goes, you've tasted it. I go, no, I haven't tasted it. And I guess I was still in character because Walter White wouldn't ever. <laughs> right. And he goes, yo, have one, <laughs> what he would say. They rolled the camera and he and I are just talking. We're like eating all the methamphetamine. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I always kind of wondered how, like, I got to interview uh, comedian Jim Brewer once uh, in this building, back when this was Radio Now 93.1. He was doing a stand-up comedy show, and he's in the movie Half-Baked, right? And I always wondered, the way my mind works, I, I just, like, wondered, like, what are you guys using? To, are you, You're not smoking real weed on the set of Half-Baked, are you? What are you smoking? He said it was just some sort of, I, I don't know, herbal-looking cigarette made with benign stuff that right. had that had smoked that comes out of it but he did say he did told me i remember that i had that interview somewhere uh, that when snoop dogg had his cameo he was using the real thing the real mccoy on camera on camera <laughs> yeah he said the fake stuff gave him and all the other guys that were like dave Chappelle a headache uh, but uh when snoop came on set for that cameo uh it was the real thing i have a hard time believing willie nelson didn't smoke the real thing either. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ask him. There's that. no way yeah. Willie's, you know, smoking some fake right, stuff. I know. Yeah. The Animal House scene where Bluto takes that bottle of Jim Beam and just kills it, yeah. and slams it down. I believe, according to the IMDb, they said that was iced tea. So they had oh, it in the Jim Beam. You were tell me it was real. No, no, no. Uh, just iced tea, and he just kills that thing. I uh, have seen YouTube videos. Where they take an unopened bottle of like a half gallon of, you know, choose your whiskey, maybe Jim Beam or something like that, and bong it. It oh. is it, like a Jack Daniels and it's unopened. Wow. I don't know. Still maybe fake, but they could you, they get up real close and you can see that it's been in shut, so and then they immediately just pass out. All uh, right. I know we're running late here, but I'm doing this story. If this gets me in trouble, I'll shoulder the blame here, okay? Okay, what story? Here's a man whose wife passed gas so impressively that he congratulated her and asked for a fist bump. Please. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Wow. That's as much of a fart that I can do in probably half a week. How can you hold that much in? Wow, babe, I'm proud of you. You are the man. <laughs> oh, uh, that's something for sure. Actually, I'm watching it right now. I found the link to this. She's kind of hot. It's an old dude, and I don't know why they'd sit there having a camera just on them. Right, it's a little like suspicious. They're, they're, they're sitting there on the couch. He's looking at his iPad. She's reading something, and all of a sudden, 
that was impressive. I he definitely fist bump worthy. Can you put that on our Twitter? I'll Can put you it find up it there right now? It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So this is this guy's a pretty big name in the NFL. Bengals running back Joe Mixon is a wanted man, or I guess I should say was. We'll get to the update here in just a second. Here's what happened: Cincinnati police issued an arrest warrant for Joe Mixon from the Bengals accusing him of pointing a gun at a woman in the uh, in, in the downtown area last month. Now, this is this is where it gets interesting. It happened on January 21st, one day before the Bengals divisional round playoff against the Bills. Remember that game? Oh yeah. Crazy game. Uh Joe Mixon's 26 years old reportedly told the woman, "Quote, you should be popped in the face. I should shoot you. The police can't get me." Per the warrant. <laughs> so that happened that, that happened a day before uh, that Buffalo Bills game. So probably right before they got on the plane to go to Buffalo, because the game was uh, in Buffalo. So this had to be right before they got on the plane to travel. This is not the first time that Bengals running back Joe Mixon has been in trouble with the law. Really? Had a little situation back when he was in college coming out. So there was already kind of a red flag about the dude. Well, here's the update. Those menacing charges have been dismissed. The Hamilton County Prosecutor's Office in Ohio requested that the aggravated menacing charge against Mixon be dismissed. This is according to a filing issued this afternoon. This is what was on it. Quote, We need additional investigation before we would move forward with this case. So all of a sudden, it went from, we've got a witness, here's a warrant, to charges dropped. I don't claim to be an attorney at law. I'm certainly not Matlock here. But it sounds like maybe some money has been exchanged in the last couple of days. Or witness intimidation, or I mean, you see this a lot in these kinds of things, these domestic situations where, uh, yeah, no, he did this and this and this and this, and then a couple of days later, she refuses, you know, the victim refuses to talk. So did the, so did the police? They, he wasn't he, he wasn't arrested. Um, so somebody must have reported this. I mean, I'm just wondering if the Bengals knew about this before the game. You know right. what I mean? Right. 
I don't know. That we don't know. I'm reading a little bit more of this. Uh, The authorities reserve the right to refile this case at a later date. The prosecutor involved says the victim understands the need to dismiss the case and would be in favor of moving forward with the charge if it needs to be refiled. Something weird's going on. Something okay, really so, weird. So the Bengals wouldn't have known about this because I'm just looking at the story again because the the arrest warrant wasn't issued until yesterday, right? And it's already done. Something has happened, and all of a sudden, no warrant, and uh, the charges have been dismissed for the time being. We'll keep an eye on this story, but something sounds real fishy here. Um, I heard this on one of the uh, top of the hour newses that Harrison was doing. There was. A crazy fight in Indiana high school basketball last night. It was up in South Bend. It was between Washington High School and Riley High School. This is up in the South Bend area, not the Washington High School around here. And, of course, it was parents and people in the stands. It happened at halftime of the game. So the teams were in the locker room. Uh, Washington was trailing Riley 30 to 28, good game, rivalry game, and this video is crazy. You see people in the stands start going at it and haymakers being thrown. It spills over onto the floor to the point to where the South Bend Police Department had to put a thing out on Facebook saying at one point all second detail South Bend officers were at Washington High School assisting with clearing the building. Did you say all? All second detail South Bend officers. But nobody was injured and no arrests were made. Should there have been an arrest? Yeah, I'm sure they've got to go through the tape. If it cancels a high school basketball game. You say you game, saw the tape? Yeah. it's There's video that exists because it was streaming on like the IHSAA. Yeah, you got to go back and review that video and, and start arresting some people i mean there are so many people involved in this thing though it was almost it wasn't quite malice at the palace don't get me wrong nobody was coming out there with a chair but at the same time if you're disrupting a sport like that it's like are you gonna go through and analyze every millisecond of the video like they did january 6th (laughs) is there gonna be a special uh, commission (laughs) are they gonna call cheney and uh Kinzinger to come be part of a, a committee. They're available. <laughs> They're not doing anything else right now. <laughs> Send them up to South Bend. Let's see if we can get some answers. Nah, that's too bad. I mean, you you wonder where the kids get it. That's that's learned behavior from their idiot parents. And you see this so much. And it's not just say. basketball, man. It's it's every sport. Football, you know, travel baseball. It's just parents are absolutely the worst because so many of these parents think that their son, their daughter is going to be the next LeBron James or Patrick Mahomes or whoever it is, and they're just so obnoxious. The kids are usually dumber than a box of rocks, but the parents don't yeah. care because right now at the age of 14, 15, you're good at sports. We'll see where that takes you after you graduate high school. So you've never seen a brawl like that in person, as many basketball games and baseball games and and f- football games you've been to not like that okay not like that either on the field or off there was a pretty decent one at beach grove a number of years you play enough travel sports you see things in the parking lot i mean i wish i was making this up um this is kind of normal 
football games at Ben Davis. I know they've had problems with fights oh, outside in the parking yeah. lots. F- shots fired. Shots fired at one point, and the players had to scurry off. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, one more thing for legal stuff, and for this, Sam, I need some mood music. Ooh, you Purdue? Dateline Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Sergey Makarat, a Purdue University professor in the aerospace engineering department, was arrested on charges of unlawful proposition to women and dealing in possession of meth, according to the police. Hmm. This is from the Lafayette Police Department. So the professor here in a very prestigious department, aerospace engineering, was cooking meth and propositioning women for sex. He is bonded out but banned from the campus. I understand the meth part, but if you're, <laughs> I mean, if you're just like asking the chicks if you want to, you know, hook up, that's that's illegal too. Um, as long as unless you're your... doing it really aggressively, you know, you can't just walk up to somebody, have sex with me, you <laughs> stupid son of a. I mean, that's probably frowned upon from a prestigious member of the okay. faculty at Purdue I just University. Want some, I want some context or surrounding the. I mean, yeah, possession of meth. You, yeah, of course, but propositioning women for sex, I need some I really need some context. We need to drill down on this one a little bit. So I think the only way to wrap up this story, and it's something we haven't done in a while, okay. is a series of good old fashioned CSI jokes. Remember oh, at the beginning no. of CSI when he would say a zinger and then the music would hit and he'd put on the sunglasses. Yeah, or take them off. Yeah. Take them off yeah. either way. So these are CSI jokes about the Perverted, meth-loving professor at Purdue. Okay. Did Purdue's colors change from old gold, black, and Walter White? Meth reference there. We were talking about uh, Walter White earlier in the show. Good callback. The big IU-Purdue game is this Saturday. Maybe he was just tailgating. In 49 states, it's just meth. But this is Indiana. It's all right. Last one. Last one. Please. CSI joke for the uh, busted Purdue professor. Cooking meth at Purdue? Boiler up. (laughs) There we go. All right. I like that one. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. (laughs) Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. 
I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a picture of a uh, guy Relford, the gun guy. Yeah, it's a picture of him and he's got all this ammo and looks like a badass. And the caption is "spy balloon?" Question <laughs> mark. I challenge the communist spy balloon to come over Guy Relford's house and see how that plays out. Uh, right now we've got 22 degrees at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. So it's pretty cold here in the Midwest for sure. Hopefully warming up within the next couple of days. Uh, but the South is having an ice storm, Hammer. Yeah, Memphis is an absolute ice-covered abyss right now. It's a mess down there. And even places where it's normally really warm, parts of Texas, they're getting hit by this stuff too. And this brings us to Houston. There's a Houston weatherman who also does traffic, because that's kind of the trend in TV now. I think our pals Marcus and Stephanie over at Wish, they rotate traffic and weather. Uh, So this guy was doing it for Houston, and a listener had dared him to put in as many Ice Ice Baby references into his various reports as he possibly could. So from the time that he was on the air, he probably has like five, six, seven reports the challenge was how many references from the Vanilla Ice Classic, Ice Ice Baby, can you get into your reports? Take a listen. Authority is urging drivers to stop, collaborate, and listen to their advice. Another round of widespread rain. Will it ever stop? Yes, by Friday. We rain falling right here, bumper to bumper. The avenue's packed in this area. I've seen the traffic really back up in the last five or ten minutes. Still widespread rain on Thursday. Quick to the point, to the point. No faking, though. We've got sunshine finally back by Friday. A large part of Texas, it's like ice, ice baby. Too yes. cold, too cold, yes. right? Yes. All right, all right. Well done. Bravo, yeah. Now, Bravo. That was, that was pretty good. If I could be Debbie Downer for just a moment. If you're having an ice storm and you're not used to having ice storms because you live in Houston, do you really want the guy being wacky at this time? <laughs> Can you just tell me what's going yeah. on? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a downer. I don't we, know. We know a bunch of weather guys in this town. They're all pretty. They're lighthearted and fun. Marcus Bailey is a, a good guy for Wish, and he always has fun. I'm sure if, if there was a snowstorm or something, we could, I don't know, ask him to incorporate some lyrics from Informer. <laughs> but the thing Snow. is, we don't know what the lyrics to Informer, Informer. are. <laughs> Can you find that? A licky boom boom now. A licky boom. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. I just hope it does warm up here pretty soon because we're getting um, a new uh, garage from uh, uh, Galaxy Concrete. Okay. And it's uh, you hear uh, Casey talking about it sometimes. Oh, here's Snow, so Informer. Here Canadian but we, but white we gotta take, But, like, this weekend, like, tomorrow, we got to take everything out of our garage and just set it out on the driveway. I'm going to be freezing my butt off. It's so all your take... classified documents yeah. are going to be out there in the driveway. <laughs> I'll put a tarp Keep it going. This. Keep it going. Keep yeah. it going, Sam. Let me see. Turn it up. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do the same thing with this song, no. I don't think. No, no. Boy, this was a song you just pulled out of your backside. I haven't heard Snow's Informer. Well, maybe at least there's a next time there's a snowstorm. Marcus could at least work in Licky Boom Boom Down. 
Or maybe we give him a different song. One we actually know the lyrics to. <laughs> Baby Got Back, perhaps. Because Rob didn't know the lyrics earlier today, and I almost threw the stapler at him. What do you mean you didn't know the lyrics? We did a round of Sing Along with Hammer during my segment oh, I with didn't them. hear it. And I set it right up for him, right into the part where all he literally had to say was, Baby Got Back. Fellas, yeah, fellas, yeah. You know, took him right into the part. You're kidding me. He had me. no idea. I, mean, I, I got to go back and listen to that. We should have replayed that as a segment. Oh, I was so disappointed. Like, I've been disappointed in Rob before. But seriously, I, I took this stapler that was right here, and I threw it against the wall. <laughs> Did Casey do okay? Yes. She knocked it out of the park. Uh, I gave her Eddie Money's Take Me Home Tonight. Uh, Kevin, who's their producer, yeah, I young. he knocked it out of the park with the outfield. I don't want to lose your love. And then the easiest one. I gave to Rob, and he did not get Baby Got Back. <laughs> so disappointing. Hey, I know we got two hours of the show left, but just here in the next couple of seconds, let me just say thanks to Sam. Yes. Uh, who has been part-time producing our show for us um, for the past, what, three months? Yeah, roughly. I'm, I mean, you know, it's been easy to fill in for. You guys are always... Easy to talk to, entertaining on the air and off, so makes the shift easy for me. Well, we've got and, and, and James yes. and Kylan yes. have all uh, been producing for us, but we finally found a full-time producer. Allison joins the Hammer and Nigel family starting on Monday. That's awesome. Looking In sports to terms, uh, she was a free agent, and she's taking her talents to <laughs> Hammer and Nigel. <laughs> There was a decision yeah. episode, and yeah. uh, she's taking her talents to Hammer and Nigel. I understand that she's still going to be on the Home and Garden show, too. Right. That's from what I understand. But uh, Allison, our new full-time producer, looking forward to that. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He is an investigative reporter for the Daily Signal and a longtime STEM educator here in Marion County. And a new WIBC radio host, Tony Kennett, joins us. Tony, congratulations on the upcoming Saturday show. Right on. Well, thank you guys very much. I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into what happened last night. We've been following the story in Pendleton. You brought it to our attention, Tony, that there was a whistleblower at the high school and the school board and the administrators all got together last night and they were having this big meeting and it sounded like they were trying to fire this well-respected longtime counselor at this high school, universally loved by Republicans and Democrats because she leaked out to... Uh, the media whistle blew basically that the school was trying to keep their transgender policy away from parents. So take us through what happened at this meeting last night. So last night, uh, originally from, from what I was told uh, from a couple that were on the ground, they were considering uh, having the school board vote on this situation at that meeting. Uh, but then the school board, knowing that a lot of parents were going to show up, pushed this back. And so Kathy is not even speaking to the school board uh, or uh, Superintendent Hall until later this uh, week, if not early next week. Uh, so last night, they, they made this big statement that the school board wasn't allowed to discuss personnel issues. And all of these parents and, and teachers had shown up with signs that said, we support Kathy. 
And they also played some other trickery as well. They changed the policy on speaking. So if you didn't show up five minutes before the meeting started and, and signed up uh, and then sat through this entire award ceremony they had for middle schoolers and this other the whole situation they had, you weren't allowed to speak. And it upset a lot of parents. So the, the school board ended up keeping a lot of parents and teachers from showing their support for Kathy. Uh, and then I got up to speak. A transgender activist uh, shut, tried to shut the lights off on me. Um, and accidentally only dimmed them, which was embarrassing for him. Gave you a little and, mood lighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice little dramatic lighting. It was really awkward for him. He, like, waved his hands around in anger afterwards and went and sat down. Um, so <laughs> I, I appreciate the scene made, I guess. It, it, it was just a lovely time to try to hold the school board accountable. This is why school board elections are so important. So what, what was the substance of what you had to say, if you could break it down for us? Uh, one question. Why, if it's so simple that Pendleton has this gender support plan, A, is it not posted online as a blank template like all other counseling and medical forms are? And that's been practiced since the Internet came out. And then number two, if it was so simple that it could be explained in two or three sentences, as you claimed several times at the last school board meeting, why not tell the media and not just conservative leaning media like the Daily Signal, uh, but also uh, Fox 59. Also, the Herald Bulletin in Anderson have tried to get in contact with the school and ask basic questions. And Paul and the school board were cowards and chose not to answer any questions at all. So. My question to them is, you know, how do you take yourself seriously uh, when this is the policy and practice? You claim to be building bridges, uh, but instead you're throwing parents and children under the proverbial bus. So, again, just so I have this right, this big meeting that they were going to have, these weasels up in Pendleton, the school, the administrators, whoever was in charge here, they knew this was going to be high profile, that parents were going to be ticked off, you were going to be there. So they basically pushed it off, and now they're going to try to do it at a time where they hope this story falls out of the news cycle. Do they really think that we don't know that that's what's happening here? Uh, in, in this case, it appears as though Hall and the school board are trying desperately to weather the storm. They're just trying to ignore it, kind of just pretend that they don't hear parents. They, they tell parents, oh, just call if you have any concerns and we'll talk about it. But as I and I'll be writing an article about this, several parents informed me later on that if you call Pendleton with concerns, they'll send you around a phone, kind of ring around the rosy until you get a voicemail box and then you'll never hear from anybody. So they tell parents that they want to listen, but then they don't. And they just kind of hope that you'll leave them alone, let them get back to taking your money so that they can run the school how they want because they don't care about parents. They don't care about their teachers. They care about their school board position or the cushy superintendent job they were elected to. So when you are up there making your statement and asking those pertinent questions, they're under no obligation to respond to you, right? It's just more of a Correct. statement. So they didn't, So they didn't say anything back to you. No, the school board president did roll his eyes at me at one point, and I, I enjoyed calling him out over that. Uh, but no, the, uh, Mark Hall uh, kept his eyes on his notebook the entire time and refused to answer any questions because uh, he has no leadership potential or skills of any sort whatsoever. Did other people get up and speak on this subject? Yes. In fact, there were none who got up to speak that spoke against Kathy McCord. Um, the two or three of the transgender activists that were there just to be there, I suppose, uh, I asked them a few questions about if they thought Kathy McCord should be fired, and they didn't quite know how to answer the question. Uh, I was a little bit embarrassed for them. They seemed to think that 
she was a pawn who doesn't know what she was doing. Uh, so insulting her intelligence uh, is, is not very endearing. And some of the other parents who heard that uh, scoffed as they should. Listen, I don't live in Pendleton. You know, I live here in Indianapolis. I don't have any kids that go there. But how in the hell did the school board and the staff and the administrators turn so woke? I mean, this sounds like a story you would hear from San Francisco or Portland. How did this happen in the Pendleton School District? So uh, I've been making this point over a series of columns that I've written at the Daily Signal. Red states are not safe. And Indiana is far more purple than people give it credit for. And within that, the bureaucracy establishments in the state of Indiana are very liberal. They have been for a very long time. The Indiana Department of Education is known for being very progressive, as are a lot of the administrators in school districts. It turns out that according to the data, uh, the most recent statistics that we have, studies in 2017 and 2019, conservative educators are much more likely either to leave the field and go into a trade or to stay teachers for 20, 30, 40 years, whereas progressive educators are much more likely to teach for like two or three years and then go into administration and sit in six and seven figure salary administration jobs for the rest of their lives. Tony Kennett joining us. And again, if you live in Pendleton, do not let these people blow you off. If they're going to keep moving the meeting, you got to keep up the fight, man. You got to keep showing up to these meetings. You got to call the school. If you're a concerned parent, if you're somebody that lives in the neighborhood and you think this is bullcrap, what they're trying to do to this teacher and really to your kids, show up. Do not let these clowns push you around. One more thing I want to get to with you, Tony. You put a story out on the Daily Signal about this middle school orchestra teacher at Hamilton Southeastern Intermediate School that appears to have sent some sexually suggestive private Instagram messages to a student. Now, what's up with this story? So Ben Yoder is a 37-year-old uh, teacher. He is a an openly gay LGBTQ advocate as well. And the reason that I state his sexual preferences is because of the kind of student that he messaged and how he messaged him. So Ben Yoder chose to send a series of messages according to the screenshots and also individuals that we've talked to on the ground who have seen these messages. Uh, he sent this string of messages to this student who self-identifies as a senior in high school asking uh, if he was out of school so he could invite him to get, and I quote, into trouble, haha, quote. And the student said, no, I'm still in high school, uh, to which Yoder responded, oh, then I guess I'll try to wait, haha. Again, very creepy, weird things that teachers should never send to a student. So the student has enough foresight to ask in response, what do you mean by trouble? And so then Yoder responds, well, you can just let your imagination run wild. And that is a direct quote. And uh, a, trouble can mean whatever you want it to mean. And all of this sprinkled with LOLs and ha-has. And it's very creepy. It makes the student feel uncomfortable. Uh, but he doesn't come forward about it because a lot of people don't come forward about messages that they have received, especially when the person who sends them are in positions of power who might be able to say something that gets you in trouble. And so this messages from, these messages from August weren't reported until this last week. And now the Hamilton Southeastern School Corporation, as well as the Fishers Police Department, are investigating it real quick we got about one minute left here somebody tweeted at us and they were trying to give you the business for this story and said well how does tony kennett know those screenshots are real how does tony kennett know they belong to this yoder character 
So two things. Number one, we have confirmed that the Instagram account and the Twitter account of which I've been following for a couple of years, I have several mutuals with this individual, are in fact from Ben Yoder. Otherwise, this is an incredibly detailed long con of impersonating someone in a friendly manner for like seven or eight, nine, ten years. That's kind of wild. Number two, we do know at least off the record that the text messages are confirmed to be real. I've spoken to several principals and teachers on the ground who have confirmed that they are real. However, I can't print off the record things in an article. I can't do that. And especially when I'm writing something about such a sensitive topic, we have to use the correct legal nomenclature. And until he is definitively proven guilty and linked to those texts by police and by the school, I'm not going to print that I have definitive evidence that this is exactly specifically the way it is, because I would never do that in any case of any story about sexual assault. But in this case, I am 100 percent certain that he did send those messages. Tony Kennett normally joins us on Wednesdays, but when the caca is hitting the fan, we go to the bullpen and we bring out our closer. Tony Kennett, you're the best, my friend. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Matt Baer has a look at the roads. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. The Hammer Nigel Show. Tickets uh, for Purdue and IU are going for $600. That's just to get in and sit up top, man. $600. IU-Purdue tomorrow, of course, will be broadcasting the game right here at 93 WIBC. I believe pregame starts at 3 o'clock. Yes, Don Fisher, John Herrick, and all of your favorite radio pals for what should be an electric atmosphere down in Bloomington. So you mentioned it's 600 bucks just to get in and sit at the very top of Assembly Hall. If you want to sit lower level, what I'm seeing right now on the secondary ticket sites, 1800 bucks a ticket <laughs> to sit lower level. Not even courtside, just lower level. I've spoken with some diehard IU fans in this building today, and they think IU is going to get the crap kicked out of them. And that money, that $1,800, is not going to be worth it. (laughs) Even if IU wins, it's a regular season game. It's not like it's a tournament game. Is $1,800 worth it? Mm, you got to be a big Purdue fan. (laughs) you got to be a big fan of these two teams. It's in Bloomington, and and I I understand you're excited that the Hoosiers were – they had a winning streak going. They lost this week. That's what college basketball teams do. They lose in the middle of the season. Right. Right. I mean, it's 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 a common occurrence. Was IU in the top 25? 
They were. They were in at 21. Okay. And then they lost to Maryland. Yeah. But if they can upset Purdue, which is not completely ridiculous. You know, we're making it sound like this is an NBA team going against the JV. It's still a Purdue team that lost to Rutgers. Now, Indiana lost to Rutgers too, but (laughs) I'm just saying Purdue can be beaten here, uh, you know, but we'll see what happens. I'm excited for the game. It'll be fun. I, this is a thing where you know you call your neighbors. Some I have some fans of IU. I have other neighbors that went to Purdue, and this is a thing that we put the you know you get the keg out, you get the wings out, you get the smoker out. It's going to be cold a little bit tomorrow, but um, uh, I might have to do some uh, watching it in the. I might have to do some uh, garage watching. One hundred percent, and I'm happy that it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere. And then when IU goes up to Purdue. Uh, at the end yeah. of the month, I want it to be a zoo up in West Lafayette. That's what it's supposed to be like when IU and Purdue play each other. Uh, more basketball news. This time in North Dakota, a kid at a high school basketball game made a layup, a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot all under 25 seconds to win um, $10,000. Won ten grand. Did you see the video of this? No. He didn't even have a rebounder. Like he had to get his own rebounds. So you know he hits you know the shots and then he has to go back and get the ball. I actually so, I actually have uh, audio of this. We hear it. Yeah. yeah here we go. Let's go, people. Let's get it going. Cheer this guy out. He prepares <laughs> for the impossible. Well, we've got an especially dirty hippie here down on the court trying to sink an impossible <laughs> shot. Come on, Dukes. <laughs> he stepped on the line. He stepped on no, the line. no, it was legal. No, no, he stepped on the line. You were looking at him. Come on. Jackie, he made the shot. Who the hell has $10,000? <laughs> uh, I believe that uh, sounded a little bit like Jackie Moon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Dukes made the uh, the three-quarter court shot, and he got a check. Just, Congratulations, you just won a giant check that says $10,000. Here is, okay, here is J.J. Franks making the half-court shot, and then... JJ and his mom talking about the experience. I was thinking, I'm probably not going to make it, but I just got to try and hope it goes in. First three, I thought, you know, he has some basketball talent, but the last shot really, I think, was maybe more a gift from God than it was some natural talent. So again, a a layup, a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot, and he didn't have a rebounder. He didn't have any help. So you basically have to run the table. You can't afford any misses because the time's going to run out. Uh, And all that happened in under 25 seconds. We should go go down and try that down at the the gym. I don't think we can do a full half-court shot in our gym. I think it's only Uh, like a three-point shot we can do. And what I hate is that... I'm being real picky here, but the gym ceiling is really low. So you got to shoot like a damn near line drive for that thing to go in. (laughs) Best just bank it in. Did you see this woman in Minnesota uh, is facing charges? She assaulted her boyfriend with a whole chicken. I'm sorry, a what? Uh, An assault with a chicken. (laughs) Her name's Natalie. She's 36. It happened after they just got home from a bar. Shocking. The boyfriend told police that on her drive home, she kept hitting him and spitting in his face. She oh, she a, sounds like a delight. She's a keeper. Uh, it's not clear what this woman was angry about. They got home. She grabbed the chicken. Now, this, this chicken's not alive, is it? The story is just not, no, this is, <laughs> but this is not we, also, we also don't know if it was raw, cooked, or frozen. Right. It could have been wet, gross, salmonella-filled chicken he was getting slapped in the face with. And it could have been a frozen chicken. Or, it was like yeah. a freaking brick. So he called 911. 
Um, no word on whether the yeah, uh, but but she still the guy had chicken residue in his hair, according to the police report. It's okay, so that it had to have been a moist chicken. <laughs> oh god, it's so gross. Chicken to me is one of those things where it's super good if it's cooked right, but it just looks awful. I barely want to look at it or touch it uh, before I start grilling it, especially because you can get really sick if you get any of that that juice on you. Now imagine getting beaten in the face with it. <laughs> repeatedly over and over again so i guess you could say that was foul play foul uh with the w foul gonna, play we're gonna speak to emma joe morris from breitbart here after <laughs> a, a look at the news with harrison silcox 93 wibc the hammer and nigel show jason hammer right over there my name is nigel we'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on political editor for breitbart emma joe morris emma joe how are you thank you so much for having me i always love being on with you were you were you expecting it to be like one of hunter biden's lawyers demanding you stop reporting on his uh laptop you know they actually <laughs> name dropped me in in their lawsuit that they? came out the other day yeah yeah very tacitly i i was almost offended <laughs> so you were at the New York Post prior to the 2020 election. You broke the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story. And now it seems like his lawyers are doubling down, demanding investigations and probes into Trump allies regarding the laptop, threatening defamation and asking for apologies from Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity. Demanding apologies <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> what um, What's going on here exactly? What do you make of all this? Well, so this is actually something that I was kind of anticipating. You know, I've obviously been watching this story extremely closely, more closely than, you know, your average person, naturally. And um, I've noticed that they've been kind of laying the groundwork, you know, they as in the Hunter Biden side, you know, his team of lawyers of whom are very talented. Um, they've been kind of laying the groundwork in various outlets. You had some of, some of it in CBS. You had some of it in um, NBC where they've kind of been setting up something like a victim narrative for Hunter. Yeah. Um, and, and now it's kind of, I think, really being revealed of what they're going at, which is that they are now going to say Hunter was defamed or something. Um, and, but in doing that, it's really interesting because they are, um, they're admitting that this is his. Um, so yeah. earlier this week, you know, they had this, this letter and uh, to uh, to the attorney general, um, or sorry, the assistant attorney general for national security, where they were basically pushing for an investigation into various people who were involved in this: John Paul Mac Isaac, Steve Bannon, Rudy Giuliani, um, and and um, in that they say that you know Hunter Biden's stuff was like kind of like weaponized or whatever, um, and and stolen and and but but that that really like implies that this is all real right yeah and then now today they've kind of come forward to say um no it's not his laptop it's just his data but what does that even mean it's like well nobody <laughs> was claiming that the new york post had his physical laptop in fact that was written in the original story on october 14th that the original like 
the original actual laptop was in possession of the FBI. And, you know, you, if you'll recall, we we published the subpoena for that laptop. Nobody was ever claiming that we had Hunter Biden's laptop. What we were claiming was that we had his data. So this is all so slimy and sneaky. But that's basically the gist of it is they've pivoted now to, um, you know, this is uh, hacking. This is a violation of privacy. This is theft. And, and in doing so, they are admitting that 10% went to the big guy. <laughs> uh, Evan Joe, Jason Hammer here. One of the things I'm fascinated with is the layers of this, right? So, yes, you've got Hunter Biden with what we hear is incriminating stuff on a laptop uh, in regards to Ukraine and the big guy and all that other stuff. But if you remember, it was Rudy Giuliani who claimed there was also some other stuff on there. We're talking about some child porn, maybe some pedophilia on this laptop. And another angle of this story, because there are so many, you've got John Brennan with that stupid scowl on his face and all the feds. They basically carried the water for the Bidens here. They told us it was Russian uh, collusion or Russian misinformation. Hell, Brennan was under oath, and now it sounds like he may have lied under oath. So was Giuliani right in the things that he said? Was he accurate? So, you know, it's funny because those the two parts of that question are really... You know, okay. So first of all, no, I did not see any child porn. Um, you know, Rudy, it was my source for this story. Um, but I, to be honest, don't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, I have the exact same material that he has. I did not see child porn. There are definitely photos on there that are um, weird. Unflattering. Yeah. Um, strange. Um, you know, there's no child porn. I, I did not. I mean, I didn't see any of that. Okay. I didn't see any of that. And actually, if there was, I, I would be um, committing a crime by being in possession of it. And we made extra sure that there was nothing like that, um, you know, when I was at News Corp, because News Corp would be in a whole lot of trouble if there was. So, um, you know, maybe Rudy has material that I haven't seen. You know, Rudy is great. He was my source. He's, you know, whatever. But he's going to say what he's going to say. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, and, and, and then off that, it's, Yes, exactly. Brennan and all of these guys are carrying water for Biden and and covering up, you know, what seems to be devastating levels of corruption um, and criminal levels of corruption that have been exposed on this stuff. So, you know, there are some people, there are some talking heads, you know, who want to talk about the sex on the laptop. But I find that that although it's salacious and, and, you know, it's interesting, I guess. You can't, kind of can't look away, and there are many reporters that would love to get into that. You know, for me, like, my focus is is on the corruption, and I think that that is really the top-line um, narrative out of this laptop is, is th- this is a family that is so compromised. We have a balloon flying over a nuclear plant right now <laughs> yeah. that we sent from China, and nobody is doing anything about it. They haven't shot it down. They're just looking at it. I can't believe it. Um, So I don't think we're speaking with Emma Jo Morris. Breitbart political editor, and she was the one back at the New York Post in 2020 that broke the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story. Um, I I don't think it's any coincidence that that House Republicans are ready to open probes into the president's son, and they're trying to uh, intimidate certain witnesses and i mean they're going after the guy the delaware computer repair shop guy who who turned the laptop over aren't they yes 
<laughs> which is like so upsetting because this guy has nothing. Like I yeah. was in touch with him some months ago to ask him about something for reporting that I was doing. And he has like fled Delaware. He is somewhere else. I don't even want to get into where he is. Cause I don't know if that's public information, um, but he's left Delaware because he's terrified. Um, he has nothing left. Um, this guy has been totally destroyed wow. for really doing a public service. This is a whistleblower. Um, you know, in my opinion, he saw something that he knew was wrong and he spoke up. And this was only after he went to the FBI and realized that the FBI was doing everything that they've been revealed to be doing. It was his intuition that said to him, this is something, there is something not kosher going on right now. And I need to raise the alarm. And that's exactly what he did. And this man is a national hero who is being kicked around by a lawyer who did the South Park deal. You know, it's like, it's so, um, it's so upsetting to see, um, you know, Hunter Biden, whose father is the president of the United States and his lawyer, who is worth hundreds of millions of dollars off of South Park, you know, try to intimidate and breathe down the neck of this person who has suffered so much for this country, in my opinion. You know, what he did was an act of patriotism and an act of sacrifice um, and martyrdom almost. You know, he obviously knew I remember that time and he was absolutely terrified of dealing with the press. You know, and he was really worried, and it seemed like it was something that he felt compelled to do, despite his his you know his yeah. better reasoning. And and he did it anyway. And this is you know even Bannon. You know Bannon is pretty well hooked up. You know you have Rudy. Rudy, this is not Rudy's first time around the block. You know he was mayor of New York. He was a former prosecutor for the Southern District. Like you know, but somebody like John Paul Mac Isaac, this Delaware rep- computer repair shop guy, it's like go away, go away. He, he, Hunter Biden left his stuff there. Emma Joe Morris, our guest here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So I'm a bit of a gambler. I've been known to put some money down. I've got very little faith. I don't think the odds are good at all that anything is going to happen to Hunter Biden. Now, whether it should and will it actually happen, I think are two different things. Emma Joe Morris, where do you think we go from here? Does anything happen to Hunter Biden? Well, you know, I think it's very telling that they are now going on offense. I think they're feeling confident. Listen, I don't have any special intel. I'm just, you know, I've been watching politics. Do you really want to go to court with Fox News and go through a discovery process to reveal the truth behind Hunter Biden's finances? Well, that's the thing, right? It's kind of, it's kind of. You know, I've yeah. said this before. I've said this before. And, and, and listen, the reporting backs this up from what we have. You know, obviously you're reading a little bit of tea leaves, but there has been tons of reporting showing that the White House is not happy with this Kevin Morris guy. And, and he's the lawyer that Hunter Biden has, has um, you know, retained to deal with all of this and the kind of PR aspect of it and these kinds of lawsuits. It's Kevin Morris. The White House is extremely uncomfortable with this guy. And this guy is known for being extremely aggressive and brash. And, and that's exactly right, is, is now what you're going you're gonna to vindicate yourself through what? The truth is the truth. And in doing so, you're going to have to go to Discovery with Fox. That's right, a billion-dollar company. Um, so, you know, I think that this is, this is some sort of kamikaze mission. And I've said it before. You know, I've said this on the air, and, and I believe this. It's like, you know, if you look at that laptop and you look at the reporting, Hunter Biden was a very, in a very vulnerable position. He was addicted to drugs. He was going through a divorce. You know, his relationship with everybody in his family is strained. His relationship with himself is in tatters. 
you know, and that no. is clear on, on the things that are on the laptop and the writing that's on the laptop and what this guy is going through, you know, and he is just, he is just hanging on kind of by a thread, at least emotionally. And his father sends him into the arms of the most dangerous people on earth. You know, you have the Chinese communist party, you have yep. these Eastern European oligarchs and that's, that's only some of the people that he that he was hanging out with. Some of these unsavory characters. He also had, you know, these juntas in Africa, you know, where he was dealing with minerals and stuff like that. And, you know, so he's being sent into these horrible positions when he is like totally falling apart. And and he's on this hamster wheel providing for every single person he knows, basically. And and, you know, honestly, this guy's a human being. If it were me, I'd feel pretty resentful. And I wonder if there's a part of Hunter that just wants to pull, you know, the pin out of this grenade and say and say, I, I want this to be over. I, unfortunately, we ran out of time, Emma. I know you did a piece on the migrants not wanting to leave their posh hotel in uh, in New York. It, I, I'm are, in the middle of writing that piece. It hasn't published yet. I'm working on it. But, yeah, I went down to the Watson Hotel where these migrants are were. They've been moved today. They did but, move. Um, okay. Yeah, they were camping out. It was almost like a block party. You know, I, I went there to investigate and somehow found myself smoking Marlboro Reds with a group of illegals <laughs> to Google Translate about what's up. <laughs> well, so we should look for that piece uh, later on Breitbart.com, right? Please do. Emma Joe, you have a great weekend. We always love having you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Ready for a beer? Yeah, I need a quick beer, man. Let's do it. Beer Sample Friday, next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Right now, Hammer and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh, Beer Sample. Fry. Yeah. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Yeah, brought to you by Thompson Furniture Woo! and Mattress in Columbus. Love Thompson Furniture. Spence and, and uh, Nick and those guys pay for this segment. They pay for the beer. Uh, love uh, Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Uh, I went to... Uh, to buy the beer today, Hammer. Here you go. Why don't you just let everybody know what we're doing? Oh, dipping look into. at you. Normally you bring in like Natty Light, but today <laughs> we've got Nitro Cold Brew Covfefe from Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. for those of you that like to drink in the morning and need a quick pick me up, <laughs> this is it's beer it's beer coffee. Wow. It's beer let me, coffee. Let me pour a little bit. Dude, I, I love Guinness. I especially love the the Nitro brew series. There you go. There's yours. It smells fantastic here. And if you, it, it's, it's 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 like coffee flavors. And I mean, it's four like percent alcohol by volume. Mm. And this is a uh, fourteen point nine fluid ounce can here. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, so those of you that, that is can, a tasty beverage. That, now you know we prefer uh, coffee, uh, beer in the morning as opposed to coffee. Right, Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee for you, right? Rise and shine with a little Guinness. Now, because this is a coffee Ooh, kind of brew, what do you have there? I would oh. like to enter into the conversation the peanut butter whiskey that we got this past <laughs> week. Hard truth. Wait it, a minute. You're you're you want to you want to. <laughs> You want to mix the peanut butter whiskey with the beer? I think the peanut butter whiskey will taste a little good, a little tasty with the uh, coffee-flavored beverage. Because, I mean, it was good without this stuff. It was. It was really good. Swirl it around. Now, I don't know if it was going to be good or it's going to be awful. I kind of feel like a scientist right now. So we're chemists here in the studio, (laughs) mixing beer and whiskey. Holy crap. Uh Uh-oh. That's amazing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Look who oh, just created something magical. That is unbelievable. So what we've done here is <laughs> oh, we have the Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's oh, delicious. The Hard Truth Peanut Butter Whiskey, handcrafted here in Brown County, Indiana. and Because the, the Guinness Cold Brew was a little bitter. You know, it had that coffee-type flavor. You sprinkle in some Hard Truth Peanut Butter Whiskey, voila. Wow. Like you could have the regular Guinness coffee for breakfast, and then <laughs> later on for lunch and dinner, you mix in the hard truth. All right. More of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up after mm, 6 mm, o'clock, mm. 93 WIBC.